and welcome in to the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway, over on X. And with me here, as always, as the season is unfortunately and fortunately dwindling down, we're getting closer to the postseason, which is exciting. But, Matt, in a couple of weeks, our teams will no longer be playing. So that is a sad part of it. So other than our teams just kind of doing what they've been doing and kind of carrying on, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's been kind of an exciting last couple of weeks of the baseball season here. There's a lot to play for. The NL wild card is bonkers. Um, to be honest, the AL wild card is bonkers too because Seattle went from leading the AL West like a week ago to out of the playoffs as of last night, which was Sunday night. We're recording this on Monday the 18th at about 11.20 Eastern a.m. Uh, and currently they're out of the playoffs by one game. But a week ago, they were leading the AL West. Yeah. <laughs> so it's now there are less teams involved in the AL wild card than the NL wild card because there's like six teams separated by six games in the NL. I think there's a three way tie for the last wild card spot right now in the NL. Um, so it's going to be a bonkers last week or last couple of weeks of the baseball season. Yeah, when you look at some teams like the Mariners, like in particular, like sure, they get this three-game set with Oakland here as I'm looking at it, but then, then, three with Texas, yep, three with Houston, four with Texas. Seven yeah. of their last ten games are with Texas Rangers. So even though they may be out of it now, there is a lot of shuffling to still be had. Mm-hmm. Which makes it awesome. Now, but if, if, like, two teams in the AL go down and the Yankees – somehow find a way to get hot they're not actually out of it now are they going to make the playoffs no there's like a 99.9 percent chance they don't make the playoffs however we have seen odder things happen in the american league like boston going in with like a 17 game lead in september and losing the division so you know but the yankees don't have pitching and they don't have offense to quote (laughs) to quote i believe it's dumb and dumber so you're saying there's a chance. I mean. Mathematically, there's a chance. Yeah. The worst thing, though, would be for them to make the playoffs because then nobody's getting <laughs> fired. <laughs> yes, that is that is that is probably right. And we talked about the Mariners a little bit. So I think I'm going to use that as a segue to talk about what we're going to kind of lead off today's show with. So throughout the show, we're going to talk about a couple of things here, focusing on the future as we head towards the 2024 season. But of course, if you're in the fantasy baseball playoffs, maybe even your fantasy baseball championship, depending on your league, or you're in a season-long Roto League and you're going down to the wire here trying to jockey into position for different categories and everything like that. We're going to have your fantasy baseball teams covered moving forward and for the now. But first, a little reality talk here. We're contractually obligated, Matt, to talk about Shohei Otani. It is. It's in our contract. We checked this week. We signed it. It's If we don't talk about him, it's grounds for uh, termination. And I certainly don't want Howard Bender to do that to either of us or anybody else. So let's talk about him. Let's keep our jobs here and let's talk about Otani. So, of course, now we got the news. It was the oblique. He missed 11 straight games, couldn't go on the IL or didn't go on the IL, could have said he's out for the year. Now the locker's as clean as a whistle. Mm -hmm. And now we embark on there's still a ton of questions around him, but now one's been added to. What do we make of the cleaning out of the locker? Are we looking into this too much in that, hey, it's the end of the season. He ain't coming back, just getting it all there? Or is this like a message of like, hey, deuces, 
I'm out. I think it's more the latter than the former. Like, sure, part of it is I'm not playing again this season. Why continue to show up for work, you know, whatnot? They need that locker so they can add somebody else to the roster. Um, Maybe he's a fan of Swedish death cleaning. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what's up. But it could also be that he just wants to get a jump on offseason stuff. We know he needs a surgery, whether it's Tommy John or not. I don't know. I suspect that it is because I don't. Like, what are the chances that it's not Tommy John, but it's a UCL-related surgery? It's pretty slim. Um, Plus, he's now got that oblique thing. He's also leaked that he is prioritizing winning in the next contract more than what it would do to his endorsements or living on the West Coast or having, you know, the time slots line up with Japanese viewers or, you know, whatnot. So, I think it's a combination of things. Plus... He hates Anthony Rendon, who's been a schmuck for like three months. And so maybe he just doesn't want to deal with him anymore. Um, So I I think it's a combination of those things. But I do think that it is the death knell for Otani going back to the Angels. I don't think there's any chance um, that that happens. And I think another way we know that is the Angels leaked that they'd be willing to trade Mike Trout if he asked for one. Yep. So... I think they know the end is is here. Time to blow the whole thing up. If they could trade Brindone without having to actually pay somebody to take him, they would do that. Good luck with that. Yeah. I was chatting on Twitter and <laughs> like, hey, you could trade Trout to somebody. And they were like, well, hopefully they take Rendon. I'm like, no, you'd actually get nothing back in the trade and you'd have to pay them to take Rendon. Yep. So that's not a great strategy there. So when we look when we look at Otani then into the off season, what what do you think? So like I know back in the deadline when we talked about potential trade, you had kind of tossed out the Mariners just because they had the they had the youngsters to potentially yes. get it done. Now we're talking about the youngsters have come and gone. Like we don't they're they're not really all that involved anymore. We're talking it's up to this now. Right. Who's got who's got the dough? to give it to Mr. Otani. So let me just kind of, you mentioned Seattle before, although a little bit apples to oranges at this point, but do you still see Seattle potentially being in the mix for Otani? Potentially, because they could get creative. So here's here's the interesting part, right? We all assume he was going to sign a $600 million contract this offseason. Does he now with an oblique? I mean, the oblique should be gone by the offseason, right? It should mm-hmm. be good to go. The elbow is the bigger part because if it's Tommy John, he's certainly not pitching next year. Right. And if it's Tommy John, he may only hit for half a season Mm -hmm. next year. So this could open the door for some teams that might have a log jam contractually, like in the next year or two to get creative and kind of backload the contract. So it looks terrible at the end of the deal when you're paying a 37 year old Otani, a crap ton of money but it's kind of like a retention bonus, right? Like, <laughs> like thanks for being awesome early on. Here's the back pay that you deserve, right? right. So I think that's where things get creative because it might bring in some new teams. So in regards to Seattle, they've been known to make creative deals in the past, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's not forget their GM loves to make splashes. Um, 
their GM is familiar with nabbing star players on big contracts. Um, so is it possible? I still think it's possible because they do ultimately have some room to improve in their pitching staff. Uh, let's face it, the offense could absolutely improve considering the fact they lead MLB in strikeouts. Um, so that could be one spot also, you know, famously they were very good for Ichiro. Otani loves and respects the bejesus out of Ichiro. They love their, um, you know, Asian players up in Seattle. So that's one spot. But I have a spot now that I think works better. And it's really going to piss off Angels fans. Oh, you like him going to Pittsburgh with Hayes and Reynolds and O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, I could see it. I think money could be an issue, but I could see it happen. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> going from sell the team chance to we're going to sign the biggest free agent in the history of baseball. Maybe? Sell the team no. to him. I don't care. <laughs> Give him ownership stake of the Pittsburgh Pirates. That yeah, what other team's going to do that? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think the Dodgers make a lot of sense here. A, they're loaded. B, they've been strategically getting under the luxury tax for a couple of years now. Like, everybody's kind of gone, where have the Dodgers free agent signings gone? Maybe they're gearing up for this, right? Because you have Clayton Kershaw who keeps signing one-year deals that doesn't kill him. Walker Bueller is still on his rookie cheap deal, right? Emmett Sheehan on a cheap deal. Ryan Peepo, cheap deal. Bobby Miller, cheap deal. Will Smith is still on a cheap deal. Like, the only two dudes on that roster who are getting paid right now are Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. So they've got contract. They've got money that they can spend. They're in the same city, obviously, they win a lot. Like they've won the, the NL West, I think, every year the that Otani's been there. They've won a World Series since Otani's been across town. They challenged for a couple others. And let's face it, I think JD Martinez is on a one year deal, if I'm not mistaken, to DH. Like I think it was a one year prove it deal. If I'm reading this correctly from Spotrack with contracts. 2024, so they got a couple players under contract, obviously, with Freeman and Betts at 27-plus mil each. But then you got Kershaw as an unrestricted free agent, uh, Julio Urias, who isn't coming back. He's not coming back. So you got J.D. Martinez, unrestricted free agent. Kike Hernandez is unrestricted free agent. Ahmed Rosario, David Peralta, Shelby Miller, Jimmy Nelson, some of Jason Hayward. So they can yep. shed – I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of those guys aren't attracting a lot of money, but you can shed a good bit, and then you got a couple guys – Remember, they let Kike go and then traded a nobody to get him back for nothing. So – Right. I think – and then all of the endorsements stay in place because they're all L.A. He stays – he can stay in the same house, for God's sakes, because all he's got to do is take the I-5 the other direction. Yep. So I, I think I think the Dodgers are a massive player. Which which New York team has a better chance of landing Otani between the Mets and the Yankees? That's a really good like can the Mets offer more money? Yeah. I don't think there's any question that the Mets could offer more money than anybody out there. I mean, he's the richest owner in sports. Mm-hmm. 
does he want to go? Then you start stacking. Okay, winning versus not winning. The Yankees, this is the first losing season they've had in like 22 years. Yep. Right? Like, I'm pretty sure you have to go back to 1994, the strike shortened year for the last time the Yankees had a losing season. I mean, uh, Boone's never had one. Pretty sure Girardi didn't have one. And I'm pretty sure Joe Torre never had one. 92. 92 is the last time they didn't have a winning season. Assuming I'm... I mean, I did a very quick scam, but I look... I think I'm right. Yeah, I 92. Mean, they went 76 and 86. And then prior to that, all those years there... they were 95, they were only 14... Only 14 games above 500. And that's one right. of the closer times that they've been. Well, 2014, six games and stuff. So they've, they've flirted okay, with it a little bit. They've had a but, winning yeah. season and have made the – I mean, Boone's made the playoffs every year he's there. Yep. Girardi made the playoffs most of the years he was there. I don't think he made them in 2014. Um, and Did then, not make 2014. And then Torrey won, you know, obviously a bunch of the World Series. So if he's prioritizing winning – and pedigree and whatnot. Clearly, the Yankees need pitching help. They could absolutely use help at DH. It gets a little weirder for them because then what do you do with like Giancarlo Stanton? Yeah. Are you playing him in the outfield <laughs> every day? Well, that'll work for four days and then he'll get hurt. Right. So, in terms of fit, it's a little trickier for the Yankees. For the Mets, you can. Plug and play Otani. Yeah. You also they also have Kodai Senga um on the roster. Yep. Certainly helps. But I don't I think the Dodgers are the landing spot. I I can definitely see that when we go we'll move to the next topic here. But one clack or one little quick thing, no analysis needed, just kind of like we'll throw it out there. What do you think like one sleeper team that maybe no maybe no one's necessarily thinking of that could be in the mix? Like uh, does who? The Cubs. Okay. I was going to say, you know, do you think the Orioles pay somebody? But, I mean, I kind of like the Cubs. I could see I mean, it. the Orioles don't need the DH help, to be honest. No, but could you imagine like... some star power? Legitimate star power, not these up-and-coming star yeah, power guys? Yeah, the problem that the Orioles have is that the market is so small. Right. Like, the Nats are actually in a bigger market 45 minutes down the road than the O's are, which is but why... You could... But for years, years, thinking years ahead, though, I'm hard-pressed to think of many teams as well set up as Baltimore. Now, they're going to have to I mean, pay true, all those guys at the some Cubs, point. The Cubs do have some really good prospects coming. For sure. There's also say a Suzuki is on the roster in terms mm-hmm. of market. Yeah. Second biggest city in the, you know, second biggest or third biggest media market, I guess, behind L.A. and New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cubs are – Will, they've been willing to spend previously. In no, terms I, of winning, like obviously there's a checkered pass there with winning, but yeah, I but that division are, is very winnable. Yeah. I mean, the NL Central is a winnable division if you get. Yeah. Yeah. You Darvish loved pitching in Chicago. I mean, I'm not just trying to stick it to like Asian players but no but precedent helps and like yeah and they have a young core that's coming up that's 
quite good. So yeah, no, I I could see it, and don't worry, we'll be talking about this through the season because again, yep. you're actually obligated. So we'll keep talking about, it, we'll keep speculating. But Matt, I want to get to as we look ahead to like 2024 fantasy baseball, people in dynasty or keeper leagues. The day the season ends, we start talking. Who am I keeping? Who am I keeping? Who should I keep? I am very pro. I am all for taking a look at your team now and correct kind of getting that kind of eyeball, get a rough idea of what you're doing. We should not be locking anything in as of September, October. Like there is so much that can happen. As we've seen, as of two weeks ago, three weeks ago, depending when it was, you were probably going to keep Julio Urias as one of your starting arms. Um, not, now. not now. You know, as of a couple months ago, uh, a particular Tampa Bay shortstop was probably your cornerstone piece. Correct. Not anymore. Like, so much can happen. Shane McClanahan, he was your arm of the future. You're now in a tough spot with him trying to figure out what to do. So, Otani. And Otani. I am all for speculating and forecasting who I may be keeping, but you should not be going in and locking it in the day the season ends or anything like that, even in the next month or two. Whatever your league's deadline is, that's a serious time to start getting because we need all the information from the offseason. And unfortunately, this crazy little thing called life happens, and we have no clue what is going to occur. We don't know what these guys are doing, what they have done, what could come up. Like, we just don't know. Like, give yourself the time to make those decisions. Ask us in Discord. We're happy to help, but I'm not locking anything in until closer to my league's deadline. Correct. Yeah, my my big money home league with keepers and whatnot and I'm in a dynasty league as well. Those keeper deadlines, my big money home league, that's just a keeper league. The deadline is March 1st. Mm-hmm. And then we draft usually the Saturday before the season starts. So it's like three weeks before the season we're locking in keepers. The dynasty league, the keeper deadline is like within the week of the draft. So we've got time. Now, does that mean that I'm not looking at them now? No. I've been looking at keepers in my home league and dynasty league since like June. Mm-hmm. I have changed my mind on three different dudes since then. For example, I have Jazz Chisholm. I could have gotten a voucher to extend him one more year in my keeper league. He's gotten injured twice since I previously thought I was keeping him. And guess what? Didn't get the voucher. So to those in my home league who listen to this podcast – Jess Chisholm's going to be available because I can't keep him again. So he's now your problem. Um, but I've got about nine or ten dudes that I'm interested in seeing what happens in the offseason. Because keep in mind, guys can be traded that we don't expect to be traded, right? Yep. There are guys who are on contract years that will sign, and we have to see what the situation is, right? Maybe we don't like the ballpark. Maybe a pitcher you have that you're banking on becomes the big ticket item in Coors. And now what are you doing? Right? Yeah. Because like only John Gray has ever pitched well. Oh, I guess Ubaldo Jimenez pitched well in for one year. One year. And then cashed in it and then sucked. Um so you know, it's it's one of those things where you've got to have a bunch of different plans. Because also in my keeper league, I have more keepers right now that I'm thinking about than I can actually physically keep. So what am I doing? I'm scouting other teams to see, ooh, this guy might be a keeper. Can I bundle a couple of dudes to trade up and improve a keeper? But none of this is going to happen until like February. Yeah. And especially if you're in a league too, like one of the leagues, or I guess both leagues that I'm in that do keepers, like you can trade players 
right like four keeper stuff so like what i'm like one of the teams i have and if anyone in the league listens to us it, it's of no surprise i have ronald acuna and bobby witt jr if people ask me who my keepers are those are the only two i say because if you're gonna wow me with an offer for a guy who i'm on the fence with sure go for it like i'm all for like i have like seven other guys i could keep i'm all for it and also like i pick up most of the pro- like i'm trying to get prospects because you never really know so like if right. you want to take one of my guys for a pick, let me keep my prospect for like a lottery ticket. Like I'm all for that. So like I'm I'm very pro on not telling everyone like who my keepers definitely are because I don't want them to like oh well like in your case like you kind of just did but like oh he's definitely not keeping Jazz Chisholm. I'm not trading for him even though I really well I mean I, I contractually and, yeah. can't. Like I don't right. have an option. <laughs> yeah. So in your case, but like for me when my league where I can do whatever like I'm not going to say oh I'm not keeping Zach Wheeler. Because, like, if someone really wants Zach Wheeler, if you're going to offer me a couple picks for him, I'd be happy to trade him to you because I have other guys that I could keep. And if I'm going to keep Wheeler, then I'll just tell you no anyway. So, like, I'm very pro of kind of keep your cards close to your chest as well with keepers. But, like, for example, like me telling people, like, hey, I'm definitely keeping Acuna and Wit. Well, no, duh. Everybody any, everybody and their mother are going to keep them. Right. Or now, keep them. the other thing we have to take, in, take into account here is that a lot of leagues – have money values or round values associated, right? Yep. So like my home league, the one with Jazz Chisholm, has money values associated with keepers. They they increase by a given amount over what you paid for them the previous year, right? So that kind of allows me, and it's easier to do in leagues where you know the people you're drafting against and how much they typically go for. It's very hard to judge this in a, in a new keeper league or one you've just joined um, because you just don't have a read on how people normally bid or, you know, whatever. So that's another thing. If you're going to ask us questions, you have to give us all of the info for, you know, if there's a round penalty associated with them, what happens if you have two dudes in the same round, can you keep two guys from the same round or do you have to fork over an extra pick somewhere? What are the, dollar values and then if there's dollar values what's your budget because my league is very different than a standard league mine is a hundred dollar value with quarter bets so we have 400 units of purchasing power compared to a 260 dollar league with one dollar bets right so it changes the calculations if i tell you i'm keeping um mackenzie gore for three dollars in my league well, if you multiply that by 2.6, it's like he's, you know, almost a $20 pitcher in a normal league, right? Mm-hmm. So these are all things to, to consider. And again, it's mid-September. There's still plenty of time to sort this out, but we should start coming up with with plans. And I don't know about you, but in my leagues, we do have um, off-season trades. Mm-hmm that's the perfect time to make a huge trade because it's impossible to veto an off season trade because nobody can tell you what the value of that trade is. Cause what happens if he trades Bobby Witt jr for seven dudes and everybody thinks that that's lopsided and none of those seven guys pan out. Well then that looks like a bad trade for Colby or what happens if Bobby Witt has a bad year? Okay, but what if the expected values happen and then it's an even trade? No, nobody can tell you that that it's uneven in the offseason. Yep, and 
next couple of weeks here leading to the end of the season, we'll talk more about keeper strategy and everything. But if you want the access to us to ask us any questions like that, head over to fantasyalarm.com, become an all pro subscriber. Not only do you get access to the discord where you can talk with us, but all the football stuff right now. So DFS seasonal, we got you covered. So head over to fantasyalarm.com, become a all pro subscriber. Today. And Kobe so- and I will be busy in the MLB draft guide come like, yeah. I don't know, December. Like we get yeah. no off season here. <laughs> No, right, right. Baseball ends right into football. Football's going right into baseball. And we just keep it going. So, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, Matt, I oh, said we. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was agreeing with you. I'm not oh, trading this. Good, good, nope. good, good. Agree. That's an off-season trade. I'm not making. <laughs> that that is right. So we got a couple minutes left here. I want to focus on those who are in their fantasy baseball players, maybe even the championship week. Just a guy that we can pick up since we cut the podcast back to just one episode a week here for the last little bit. Someone to add. So for me, Matt, I'll go first. Depending on your site, he may have multi-positional eligibility, but look to say Don Raffaella of the Red Sox. He's now hitting leadoff. He's done it for the past week or so. And since he's been called up, he's slugging 540 with a 220 ISO. And most importantly, he's hitting lefties at a 308 clip and a righties at 324 clip. They are going to leave him in the lineup. And there's a couple bats behind him that should bring him around. So they also someone... have a fairly tasty schedule left, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like they, they face the White Sox for three games coming up who are just terrible at everything they try. Yep. So I would look to I would look to Rafaela. What say you? <sighs> Sorry, I have to you know, hold myself back from throwing up at this point because this is what it's come to. J.P. Sears. He's available in like half the leagues on fan tracks, and I understand why. Um, He's been so-so this year, and the team he plays for has been dog poop. Uh, My wife and I were looking this up last night. They've been – the run differential for the A's this year is over 300. So take this with a grain of salt. But J.P. Sears has been good in his last three starts. He's posted wins in all three. He's got at least five innings in those. And they've come against, yes, the Angels for one of them. Okay. But Toronto and Houston for the other two who are AL playoff teams. He's only allowed three earned runs in the last 15 innings. He's been, or sorry, 17 innings he's been on the mound. Granted, only nine strikeouts and seven or eight walks. So it's not great. But. There's very little on the starting pitching market at this point in the year. He's getting starts. Oakland can surprise people down the stretch because you're also getting to the point where teams are clinching playoff spots and don't necessarily care about playing their full lineups. Mm -hmm. So you could get some sneaky starts from J.P. Sears. And if you want to talk about a tasty schedule, so I'm looking at it here. He's throwing Monday night against the Mariners. Assume every fifth day, two, three, four, five, one, matchup against the Tigers, we like that. Two, yep. three, four, five, one. He skips the Twins, and in theory, we get one last start in the year against the Angels. So going down the stretch, not only is he a guy that's going to get three starts, which is massive in the last little bit here, but Mariners, Tigers, Angels. Not exactly murderer's row of offenses. I don't really know if you can get much better unless he would get put on waivers and picked up by the Angels to face the Athletics in one of the final <laughs> final stretches of the year. But other than that, I mean, that's a pretty darn good schedule. I'd rather take my shot on run support from the <laughs> A's than the Angels right now. Honestly, I I, I think you're right, to be Sorry, honest. Sorry, Angels fans, but it's just been a disaster. Listen, early October can't come soon enough for the Angels fans. It's like this yeah, season has got to end. Yeah, because it's all just for being Dodgers fans when 
The fan, the fandom God. just travels up I five too. That's how that's how it works. I was talking with a friend of mine who's in who's in my keeper, my home league, who's an Angels fan, and he's like, "There's no loyalty with Angels fans, so they won't be pissed. They'll just change teams. They'll just yep. go be Dodgers fans." Yep. Well, once again, make sure you go over to FancyAlarm.com, become an All Pro subscriber. You can do it monthly, or if you get the annual, per what I'm seeing on the site here, not only do you get the seven day trial, but the annual is forty percent off. Based on, I guess that's based on monthly pricing. I have no clue how that works. I listen. I stay away from the finances. All I do is crunch ISOs, OBPs, fantasy points per game, wide receiver, cornerback matchup. That's where I'm looking at. So I don't know about the whole pricing. Only pricing I know is FanDuel and DraftKings pricing for MLB and NFL DFS. That's all I can tell you about. I've got NASCAR DFS pricing. That's the pricing I'm talking about. (laughs) See, there it is. So of course, uh, what one thing I will leave you off when we come back next week, we'll talk obviously a little bit of keeper strategy again. Well actually obligated to talk about Otani, so we'll throw him in there. And then I think what I'm going to do, and Matt doesn't know this yet, but I was gonna, we were going to talk about him today, but I think we're going to talk about next week. And let me just leave a little teaser of, did we overhype Ellie De La Cruz just a little too much? We'll talk about that next week. We'll see. There's some numbers that are a little interesting, Matt, that I got. So we'll talk about it next week, though. So make sure you tune in next week when we come back and talk about that. We'll catch you over at Fantasy post-breaking Noelvi Marte's nose. Yes, that'll maybe that'll be maybe maybe we'll add a clip. We'll do an opening clip, and and that can be it. But we'll see you over at FantasyAlarm.com. Hopefully, we will see you in the Discord once you're an All Pro subscriber. Give me a follow on X at Colby R Conway. Matt is at the Salesman, and we will see you next week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. <laughs>